Let us pray. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Help us now to hear and obey what you say to us today. Through Christ our Lord, amen. The Old Testament reading comes from Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, and chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Listen for the word of the Lord. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord had made. He said to the woman, did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not die. For God knows that when we eat, when we eat it, our eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The gospel reading comes from Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Listen again for the word of the Lord. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city in a place and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, again it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him 
and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? O Lord, open up our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as your word is proclaimed, we may hear what you are saying to us today. Now let the words of your servant's mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ, amen. The sermon title this morning is Led by the Spirit. Our text comes on the heels of Jesus' baptism. His baptism was the inauguration of his public ministry. The heavens had rejoiced, and surprisingly, and soon following this momentous occasion, <clears throat> Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. The wilderness was a place that was dry, desolate, and mainly rock and sand. And according to Mark chapter 1, verse 13, it included wild beasts, which added terror to the solitude. In English, the word tempted has a universally negative connotation that means to entice or seduce one into sin or do something that turns or points people in the wrong direction. The word used in our text also means to put to the test or to ascertain the nature of someone. The temptation was not so much to provoke Jesus to sin, but to put his obedience to God to the test. The 40 days and 40 nights is reminiscent of Moses in Exodus 34 and 28 and Deuteronomy in 9. The devil attempts to replicate how Israel passed through the waters of the Jordan in the wilderness, being tested and failing because of disobedience and worshiping other gods. Unlike the Gospel of Mark and Luke, where Jesus was tempted throughout his 40 days and 40 nights, the author of Matthew demonstrates how the devil can be patient. It would be after 40 days and 40 nights, when Jesus was starving and thirsty, that the devil made his move. The devil knew exactly who Jesus was when he said in verse 3, if you are the son of God. The seemingly little word if also means since or because. In other words, he was saying since or because you are the son of God, I will test the qualifications of your sonship. He was trying to lead Jesus to disqualify himself as the son of God. The first temptation was to see if Jesus would, Jesus would selfishly produce the miracle of manna to satisfy his own hunger or if he would deny his own humanity. The second temptation would be to seduce Jesus to reveal in a dramatic way that he was the son of God to the world by throwing himself down and angels saving him. The devil had a skewed view, a skewed biblical view of Psalm 91 verses 11 and 12, which he quoted in verse 6 of our text. 
The last temptation was another allusion to Moses on a high mountain, but where Jesus was offered to replace Rome as the ruler of all the kingdoms of the world, but with the devil as king. The devil tried to lead Jesus to doubt the sureness of God's kingdom, power, and his identity. But Jesus, Jesus trusted the spirit to guide, equip, protect, and sustain him for God's glory in his season of preparation. The obedience of Christ's baptism played out in an epic wilderness battle of invisible forces. God is the hidden actor. Satan is the hidden opponent, the representative of the kingdoms of the world, and the spirit who led Jesus. There's a strong expression of the spirit driving Jesus into the desert in Mark chapter 1, verse 12. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. In contrast, in Matthew's gospel, there is a gentler approach found in verse 1. He was led by the spirit into the wilderness. We often think of being led by someone or something as a sign of weakness or passivity, but this is furthest from the truth. For Jesus, it represented that he did not accept this world's status quo and selfishness, which demonstrated his power by remaining faithful to the one true God. Jesus quotes Deuteronomy three times as the motif of God's voice that speaks to the temptations. By being led by the Spirit, Jesus put God first, revealing who we should follow. There is really only one we should follow. And when the Spirit leads us, we will be equipped for a faithful response because we know who we are in Christ. Are you led by the Spirit? Do your life and witness speak to that reality? I cannot help but think about how my well-trained, walk-off-the-leash, 65-pound pit bull named Dallas was led astray. He followed every command we gave him to a T. When Joanne and I decided he needed a doggy friend, we purchased a dual collar that would allow our dog, Dallas, to help lead his new 15-pound doggy friend, Riley, a Yorkie, by our commands. It turned out that in a park one day, out of the corner of my eye, Riley was leading Dallas, who appeared to be looking at me and saying, it's not me, it's him, to drink and swim in pond water. Explosive diarrhea, pancreatitis, and $900 later, we realized that Dallas knew how to follow, but not how to lead. Unlike my dog and the world's kingdoms, the spirit specializes in leading people into righteousness. When we are led by the spirit, we are equipped to respond in faith. The text is appropriate for our first Sunday in Lent because fasting is one of the many spiritual disciplines 
we can practice to keep our hearts and minds close to God. When Jesus fasted, it revealed his divine independence and his full humanity. And it is in the humanity of the earthly Jesus that he fully shares in the weakness of our human situation. He sets an example for us who, ha who have no miraculous power at our disposal of one of the ways we can express our reliance on God in times of temptation and spiritual warfare. Like fasting, other spiritual disciplines such as reading scripture, praying, solitude, ready our obedience to the tests that will come upon our faith from a tempter who knows us. We must certainly be careful of the big temptations, but not overlook the small ones that can pull us into inaction, procrastination, or unhealthy worrying. I remember a young college student who came up to me one day and said, when I read the Bible, everything in my life seems to get better. When the Spirit moves in us, we see things through a lens of hope and can feel God's presence and power in our daily lives. As is true for us, Jesus submitting to the Spirit's guidance was not a sign of weakness, but strength. Divine power could have crushed the devil and all the temptations, but Jesus allowed the Spirit to set the course for the will of his life. And when we allow the Holy Spirit to equip us in our daily lives, our response will be faithful in the readiness of our hope in Christ for God's plans for us. When we are led by the Spirit, we are also called to reflect Christ's grace to others. There are many dry, desolate, and rocky places where God calls us to serve. The devil might have thought Jesus was vulnerable, but he did not consider that his messiahship was in light of the cross. The wilderness journey can be a place where we come to recognize who Jesus is for us and where we can also hear the voices of those who feel abandoned and stranded and who hunger for truth, peace, justice, and compassion. A place where the Spirit of God overwhelms us and where we are inspired into service for those in need, the hungry, the oppressed, marginalized, and those suffering in this life. The temptation for every believer is to, is to not sit on the sidelines of inaction, but to participate in faith in the Spirit's movement to bring the love of God to our neighbors and the world. I'm certain that we have all been in circumstances where we should have helped somebody. We should have said something. We should have prayed. We should have given them a word of scripture in time of spiritual need or something and temptation won out. Christ's grace calls us into action. Joanna and I had a, such a moment when we were visiting, finish, finishing visiting up uh, someone at a rehabilitation center. 
After we prayed and started to leave, we passed by a man in a bed who was in the same bay. I noticed the gentleman's warm eyes as they followed us out of the room. He didn't say anything. It was nothing but the Spirit's work in my heart because by the time we got halfway down the hall, my soul was stirring and I knew the Spirit was telling us to go back and ask him if he wanted prayer. He said yes and we prayed for him and he said, I want to thank you for returning and praying for me. It means a lot to me. We must discern the will of Christ in our, in our daily lives and seize the opportunity to show Christ's grace to others, the same grace that found our receiving hearts. The heart led by the Spirit should bear the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And through the Spirit's work, we might become a beacon of hope for those whose faith walk is fresh and new, whose faith shoes are well-worn, and an invitation to those who have not yet been called to walk in the light of the good news. Lastly, when we are led by the Spirit, it reflects our identity in Christ. Jesus remembered who he was in his baptism, in his loneliness and solitude of the, de of the desert, when God said, this is my son, the beloved. The tempting and intimidation in the face of hunger and dehydration did not cause Jesus to lose sight of or deny who he was. When the devil came to him in verse 3 and took him higher and higher, to the pinnacle of the temple in verse 5, and then to a very high mountain in verse 8, Jesus was able to speak through the power and depth of the waters of his baptism of who he was and say, away with you, Satan, to the temptation to steal his identity. We too often find our lone place in solo time that helps us confirm clarify and sustain who we are in Christ, also God's beloved. Our Wednesday communion Lenten services are an intentional space where we can empty ourselves, be reminded of Christ's temptations and obedience, and to remember who we are. During the worst of the pandemic, my place of solitude was prayer walks with my dog in the neighborhood or walks on the beach. Your place of privacy and peace with God might be different, but we all share one common thread. Our work and journey of reflection and identity are not taken by ourselves. The Spirit leads us. It is the same Spirit that ushers us through our worship our fellowship, and how we interact with each other in our communities, neighborhoods, and world as children of God. Knowing and living into our identity in Christ helps us to resist those forces that call us to question who we are.
Brothers and sisters, the spirit of the living God has empowered us in faith, love, and identity to walk boldly today in the power of the cross and the victory of his resurrection. Our hope today should not only be in Jesus, the man who hungered and was tested in past, but also in the one who is the son of God. And as Paul wrote in Romans 5:18, whose acts of righteousness led to justification and life for all. It is this Jesus, fully divine and fully human, where grace meets us through the Spirit, who reminds us that the wilderness, a place of solitude and testing, is also a place of renewal and remembrance. Remembering who Christ is is a reminder that Lent points us toward Holy Week. Where Jesus said at his final gathering at the Lord's table, do this in remembrance of me. In this 40-day Lenten season and every day, be led by the Spirit, knowing who and whose you are through Christ's grace and in God's love that we might walk in obedience and share with the world the hope and comfort of God as the children of God. To God be the glory. Amen.